The objective, to deliver the NBA to you like no other. News, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Objective Basketball Podcast. S here, Lauren, joining me as always. Folks, it is a late one. All right. 10.07. We just finished up the uh, the Raptors heat game and the uh, the Cavaliers-Hawks game that went down to the wire. The Hawks end up staying in eighth, eighth place, which was an all-important... Uh, it was an all-important night for the Eastern Conference play-in race depending on how important that is to you. But for the people who might be listening, it might be important to them. Um, yeah, the Raptors end up staying in ninth. They they pulled out a really, really good victory against the Miami Heat. Scotty Barnes had a sensational game, 12 dimes, nearly had a triple-double. Pascal Siakam, um, you know, being him his his old Pascal Siakam self. OG Ananobi doing great things. The, the Raptors played really, really well. But the Hawks end up staying in eighth place. Um, there's still a week and a little bit left in the season, though. And Lauren, with a week and a little bit left in the season, you would expect to have some great games. We've had some great games, but yesterday was supposed to be one of the best games of the season, and we did not get that. Denver Nuggets versus the Philadelphia 76ers, Nikola Jokic versus Joel Embiid. Embiid dropped the bomb on on Jokic right before the not right before the game, but at least the day of the game. Had a unplugged interview with Shamsharania talking about the MVP award, talking about how he 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 doesn't mind being the bad guy. I'm cool being the bad guy. I kind of like that. I love that about Joel Embiid, but that that that's neither here nor there. The thing is, he didn't end up playing in the game. Cavs. I believe it was his calf injury. I believe it was a calf injury or he was resting because of uh, a lingering calf issue. Um some people You've seen it online, Kendrick Perkins saying he ducked the smoke, right? Others have jumped in and, and said the same thing. What are your sentiments on the topic of Joel Embiid, his quotes, the MVP saga, all of it? How, how do you feel about any of it? Yeah, I I think in the same I think it's hilarious that you have somebody saying, I don't I don't mind being the bad guy. I you know, the villain. You've got even the mask at some points. You've got all right. these things. <laughs> um and then now there's kind of this you're you're being there are plenty of people out there that are saying are saying well you just ducked that matchup so how bad of a guy can or you can't really be the bad guy if you're out here ducking matchups and right. I don't necessarily like jump on the whole oh you're ducking matchups you're ducking matchups especially for the MVP kind of battle that I mean that game and that matchup going head to head especially right before playoffs it would have been a big big deal especially in this whole MVP conversation. Um, but when I kind of take a step back there, there are things when I'm, when I'm watching as a fan perspective from a fan perspective, um, I also try to keep in mind, okay, if you're the franchise or the team doctors or the coach or whoever, what is going through your mind right now? Are you, I mean, you're, Mm -hmm. yeah, you are aware of the MVP conversation, but that's not your priority. Your priority is what's right around the corner and taking it the whole, the whole way. And so I it's hard for me to to sit and and ever really think about somebody ducking a matchup um 
I just uh, my brain doesn't work that way. But well, well, it's a shame. It's point, a shame. To your point, and you're right. You're a hundred percent right. But but to your point about anybody even fathoming the idea of ducking a matchup, just consider who the type of people you're talking about here. These are professional athletes. These are people that have genuinely thrived on competition for their entire life. That is what sports is, ladies and gentlemen. They, it's, it's oh, go and show up that guy in the high school gym. Show him that you're the guy. You're the team captain, et cetera. Okay, now you're in college. Now you got to compete against these grown men. And, 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 oh, by the way, you're supposed to be a lottery pick, so everybody's going to be, uh, you know, kind of gearing their stuff up towards you. Oh, welcome to the NBA now where you are genuinely among men. And, hey, you have to keep that competitive edge. This whole thing, professional sports, is a competitive thing. I highly doubt, I highly doubt that Joel Embiid, a man who has obviously become an MVP caliber player in his prime, um, would decide, hey, I, you know what, man? I'm not feeling this <laughs> I'm one good. today. <laughs> yeah. I, I highly doubt after all of the things that Joel Embiid and many other professional athletes, by the way, have gone through, I doubt that they would just randomly decide, hey, I'm not feeling this one. Or I'm not up to the to the challenge. I'm not to, up to, you know, playing in Denver against mm-hmm. Jokic and the altitude and all that stuff. I think that is crazy talk. That's like you're not you're not understanding the the sport or you're not even right. understanding what sports are, you know? Right. And and I'm glad that you you mentioned like the competitiveness of professional athletes but even in that group of people in that general population of professional athletes we're talking about Joel Embiid (laughs) and his personality he is not the guy that's gonna duck a matchup he's I mean I can't even really ever envision him being like oh yeah he got me that guy got me or oh I got postered I I can see him being like oh well that was oh it was my it was my bad or like I I was distractor or like I can't ever see him like giving anything up yeah. You know what I mean? And so it, that is just compl- that logic with him ducking a match. It, it just doesn't it doesn't settle right in my brain. I think it's I think it's an overall and I, I've said this to a couple of people that I had a conversation with earlier. I think it's just an overall dislike for Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. I think it's just they've become the butt of the joke when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to the, the playoff success or lack thereof playoff success. Add on James Harden and Daryl Morey into that, and it's like two times the trouble because what does everybody say about Joel Embiid and James Harden and Daryl Morey? Is that, hey, right. they, they've gotten to this point, but they've never gotten over the hump. And I, I just think it's it's created this scenario where everybody wants to pit against Embiid. Uh, and I think you know his quote about him saying, I don't mind being the bad guy, is probably the right approach to have because for a lot of people, for some reason, he has become the bad guy. He has become the quote unquote villain. Although I would, I think it would be awesome for for Embiid to end up winning a, a championship or even an MVP this season. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, and I think, I mean, I think we both would agree that they're very much. I mean, he's very much obviously in the running for the MVP, but also for, for sure. to win it all with with the way that they're playing right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I think them kind of and, and not just Joel Embiid, but the the 76ers as a whole as a whole i think kind of embodying and embracing this quote unquote villain mentality is yeah. the right approach too i think that they should go i think that they should and that they are going into the playoffs no fear ready mm-hmm. to go toe to toe with anyone and feeling confident about each matchup and 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 
one by one, just taking everybody out. I think that they do feel that they're capable of it. I think they've give, given people reasons to believe that they are capable and are going to do it. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm really curious to see how that works out for them because we've talked about it on here. And if it doesn't go that way, mm. the conversation flips real quick. And so Philadelphia kind of going back to our pressure cooker or when we were talking about them being in a pressure cooker, I'm curious to see how that looks if they really can live up to being the bad guy, the villain, um, just being yeah. kind of the the main one of the main characters in this story of of the NBA postseason. The NBA postseason. It's it's gonna be crazy. I I, I honestly I can't even think it this season went by so fast. It went it by did. so quickly. Oof, it did. I don't know what it was, but it just felt like this season was a breeze. Maybe it was because of the fact that we've had a bunch of good games, good competition, and especially towards the next, you know, week and a half, it's just it's still close. The the NBA communications team kind of dropped this earlier, but this is the most amount of teams at this point in the season that have been eligible for the playoffs still. I believe it's there's crazy. only five game five teams or four teams that have been eliminated of mm-hmm. out of playoff contention. The rest of them have a shot. It's um, crazy. Which is wild. It's look, you have a shot, you have a bet, you have a gamble. Let's segue, ladies and gentlemen. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and of course, March Madness. So much going on, so much to talk about. It's bananas, play pinata picks, and minute madness, exclusive games you can't play anywhere else. Use the QR code on your screen, download it. You know, do all that fun stuff or visit sdpn.com or sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Actually use the second one. That's correct. 19 plus, please play responsibly. That is also sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. I am starting to kill these ad reads, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so the Embiid conversation is is moving on. Next, next thing, because we have a lot of Embiid coming, to be honest with oh, you. Yeah. Between the MVP talk, we'll probably do an awards uh, episode maybe later this week. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see what happens. But there's another side story here, the opposite of the playoffs, which is teams that are going the opposite way. And that's the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Damian Lillard has officially been shut down for the season. He arguably had the best season of his career. Uh, I would say 100% he's had the best. I mean, th- there's debates because, honestly, he's had some incredible seasons. But... Just to go off the counting stats, he's played 58 games this season. He's averaging 32.2 points on 46, 37, 91 shooting, dishing out seven and a half assists. It, it's been incredible to watch him offensively. It's really been one of his best seasons of his career. And I, I guess the conversation with Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers always comes back to one thing. Um, and it's, hey, when does the road end here? When do we end up? getting to the point where, quote-unquote, serious conversations will be had. And I know that re- you know report came out recently saying that serious conversations will be had this summer. I guess my thing is I kind of got to see it to believe it at this point with Dame and with the Blazers and what they decide to do. I don't mind either way. I'm not one of those people that is like, hey, you have to switch teams, bro. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think that at all. Like, whatever, yeah. whatever your prerogative is, do your thing, you know, but... I guess it's it's just interesting to me because um, he is still very good at basketball. That is very clear. He can contribute at a high level to any type of team, a championship team, whatever, right? But this Portland team just hasn't been able to materialize into anything 
past uh, a, a you know a, a mid tier playoff team. You know they obviously right. had that Western Conference Finals run, but they really haven't been able to create any of that magic since. And I I just I'm not sure. I think it, if I were the Portland Trailblazers and I'm taking emotions and hey, this is the greatest player in franchise history out of it. I think I would say to myself that this is time to move on from Damian Lillard. You know, it just, I'm not going to say it's a toxic relationship because it's not a toxic relationship. It's actually amicable, but you're kind of like doing like, if you love a bird, you let it fly, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> when quote? you love someone, it's, you got to let them go. Yeah, isn't, that, isn't that, uh, isn't that, that's the notebook, right? That's the notebook. Oh, maybe. Shoot. I don't know. I don't it's know. been a minute. But yes. Uh, so, so look, I think that's the stages we're reaching with the Blazers and Dane. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Do you think that that ends up happening at some point or are we just going through the same cycle over and over again? <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult with Dame because we're in this kind of I, I don't even want to say in between. It feels like we've we've exited the era where where people stay on teams for their their entire careers. And we still have guys like Dame, obviously guys like Giannis even and and even Jokic, especially if they have some some real success here, but um with Dame specifically it's hard to compare him to other guys around the league that have just jumped ship. And it does mm-hmm. feel because of the the recent history and, and especially with how quickly these big high profile players can, can jump teams. Um, it does feel inevitable, but I am sort of curious if we're going to have someone, whether it be a Bradley Beal or even the, some of the other guys. And I just mentioned, if we're going to see someone truly just stick it out and say, you know what? My priority is not, and and I recognize that it's going to sound crazy, but mm. my priority is to stay here, build, and keep working with this team. Stay, keep my loyalty, build this community. And that's fine. Stay, and there, and I, yeah, it's fine. And, and and going back to what you said, everybody has their prerogative, and I think it's important to have conversations that validate each prerogative. Yeah. Just because you don't jump ship to go join a, a a big market team to easily win a championship doesn't mean that your legacy was, you know, quote unquote trash or a waste. I think that that narrative is one that is toxic yeah. um, and, and really truly only promotes the success, not this may be a leap, but primarily promotes the success of the high market teams and then leaves the lower and middle market teams kind of hanging in the wind, hoping for a good luck year every once in a while. And I personally don't think that that's good for the league. Right. So with Dame specifically, I am curious to see where things go. I think his not super necessarily super, super recent comments, but the comments we've heard over the last kind of couple of weeks, even couple of months lead you to believe that maybe those serious conversations from both sides could be coming, which is why I think the door is open for this summer to be the one. Yeah. Um, I was curious to see at this last trade deadline, how aggressive they were with Jeremy Grant, even a hard decision with an Anthony Simons or even like a younger shade and sharp are you even remotely willing to move off of these really, really intriguing, highly coveted young pieces to try and go all in? And we just didn't see that happen. We did not see that happen. In fact, the trades that they did do, hmm, yeah, well, you know I, what I mean? I wonder, I wonder if they have, I mean, I know maybe I'm, I'm being crazy here, but maybe they have a better chance at doing that right now. And to the people who are, who are, I guess, disappointed in the Blazers shutting down Dame and going towards that tanking thing, I, I would say this. The Blazers, they've struggled all season. They do not look like a playoff team. They don't look like even a play-in team right now. They have completely tanked out. They've decided they are not winning. They've lost 
nine of their last 10 games. This isn't a team that Damian Lillard can save. And, right. and on top of that, you're you're in a position where, okay, your roster is probably a little bit better than what it is right now. You have mm-hmm. young guys who you hope can develop into something bigger in Simons, in uh, in Sharp, in some of the other guys. Walker, I like to. I, yeah. I, you have some potential there. And also, now you have the potential of getting a top five pick in a potentially all-time level NBA draft. Yes. You can package that potentially and go out and com- compete with Dame. Although, I mm-hmm. don't know what el- what's going to be out there this summer, you know, depending right. on what players end up moving there's always something right there's always there there's always something and and I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up the draft because they right now are slotted at the 5th pick but mm-hmm. they are have almost the same record as the wizards who picked up a win tonight the yep. pacers and the magic who are right below them so shutting down dame right now for those who might be disappointed in it that is the right decision you need having the 5th pick versus the 8th pick there's yep. a difference there oh, yeah. and so for Portland trying to even in the short and long term, this is the right move and this is what's going to significantly open doors yeah, if like, you can get that fifth pick. Like what happens if if the Blazers end up getting Wemby? Or Scoot, Exactly. You know? If you're if you're fifth, it is very easy to jump up to three or two or even one. We've yeah. seen crazier things happen before. So I I stand by this decision this decision to shut Dame down for the rest of the season, 1,000%. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Tim Haraney. You may know me from such films as Driven. <laughs> Anybody? No? You may not get that one, but you will. Don't ever watch that movie. It's horrible. Okay, seriously, though, I have a brand new Formula One and IndyCar podcast on the SDPN called Nailing the Apex. So, I grew up in the sport of auto racing. I raced go-karts as a kid and eventually got to live my dream of becoming a professional racing driver. I raced at one of the highest levels of motorsports that you can get to, and I got to race all over the world and against some of the best that the sport has to offer. Now I work in the media as an F1 and IndyCar insider. I get to use my 30 plus years of experience to break news and to report on the sport that I love. So whether you're new to the paddock or you're a seasoned fan, check us out, Nailing the Apex. We're dropping three episodes every week featuring the biggest stories in racing, special guests from all over the world, and more. So subscribe to Nailing the Apex on your favorite podcast app and catch up on previous episodes now on the SDPN YouTube channel. Thanks for your warm welcome, everyone. I really appreciate it. SDPN fans... You guys are great, and I can't wait to connect with you. So it's lights out, and away we go. Over to my podcast. Uh, let's move on to guys who are coming back or have been back. Okay, Kevin Durant officially going to give it a go tomorrow. If you're listening to this, that means today against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, KD played all of three games in a Suns uniform and then ended up getting hurt with a kind of a just like an out-of-the-blue random warm-up ankle injury. Uh, heard it during warmups, which is just unfortunate. You know, one of those, one of those silly injuries. You know, it feels like even the even the knee injury that kept him out for a while was it was not his fault whatsoever. Someone landed on his freaking knee, uh, and and you know it's tough because it's like, hey, people are gonna go back and be like, oh, Kevin Durant was so injury prone, and I guess to a certain extent he was, yes. But at the same time, the man has had unbelievably bad luck when it comes to injuries. Um, But he's back now, ladies and gentlemen, and the Suns have to galvanize very quickly. I personally think Durant 
will be able to galvanize and, and kind of mesh in the Sun system super quickly. He already did in the three games that he was there. The Suns themselves, they have a playoff race that they're trying to be a part of. They're 40 and 35 right now. I don't think, I actually, I, I highly doubt they're going to end up being a top two or top three seed. They are trying to fight for four, which is home court advantage and potentially a second round series against the Denver Nuggets, or if whoever ends up beating the Nuggets in the first round. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, they're they're essentially gearing up to be in a pretty comfortable position going into the playoffs. We've talked about it before on this podcast, but I personally like Phoenix in a Denver series because of the, the type of things that they can throw out on a, on a Denver playoff series, if you will. You know, the mid-range jump shooting is is something that's going to be key and something that can burn the Nuggets. I guess my question is, are you... Uh, is there any worries for you when it comes to Kevin Durant or Phoenix? And, I mean, are you looking for anything in these next eight or so, six or seven games? I don't know how many games they have left. But, like, are you looking for anything specific with Katie? Oh, man. You know, I don't know that I'm looking for anything specific. I guess I want to see him just I want to see the the kind of seamless transition of getting back into the lineup and, and seeing how maybe and, and I obviously they're not going to be throwing out their exact playoff rotation, their exact playoff scheme. But I want to see if they make any tweaks to the rotation or even try a couple of experimental things um, in certain lineups that do include Kevin Durant and see how that looks. Uh, because I, I think that they do have options. And so I'm curious to see what they do. I'm with you. I like their I like their odds against a lot of teams in the Western Conference and getting that fourth seed, securing home court advantage in that first round, um, and then kind of looking at your path ahead. Obviously, it's one series at a time, but mm-hmm. I like that a lot if I'm Phoenix. And so bringing Kevin Durant back for anyone that might have concerns, especially when, when we're talking about the the misfortune and the, the unluckiness with the injuries, um, I don't necessarily think it's a super risky thing i think there are ways to kind of mitigate the the risks there uh with with obviously certain scenarios minute restrictions all those things and so uh i like the decision i think it's important for him to get back and and for them to secure that fourth seed because home court advantage we've seen the impact that it can have and so in a very tough west i think it's it's key to have that for sure let me pose this question to you if you are the suns the clippers the warriors and now the Minnesota Timberwolves, by the way. We'll talk about them in a sec. But if you're those four teams, what is the seed that you like the most? Hmm, that's a good question. Oh, man, that is a good question. I have an answer, but I feel like it seems obvious to me. I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you decide, though. I'll let you, you said decide. you said Suns, Clippers, Wolves. What team out of and, those and teams? And I guess yeah, and the Warriors, I guess as well. Oh, and the Warriors as yeah. well. Yeah. Um. My, I guess my question is, hey, would you rather be on one side of the bracket with Denver, potentially one of the teams that we just mentioned, and mm-hmm. then you know that, or would I'd you rather, rather be, be with Sacramento, Memphis? You know, God, Memphis is looks good. Tough. By the way. That's tough because they both have like. That's tough. Personally, I mean, and and this is the reason it's so tough is because each team I think has favorable matchups against different teams. For sure. But yeah. personally, I would probably rather be. Oh, I'm gonna get some some heat for this. <laughs> I would rather be on the Memphis side. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I think I would too. I think I would too. Just, I, I would... and I, I don't want to count them out, and I'm not counting them out, but 
I have questions. I just have questions. That's all. No, that I think the the questions are completely fair. I mean, if we talk about playoff experience, the Sacramento Kings and Memphis Grizzlies do not have a ton of playoff experience. If you look on the other side of that, the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors all have ample amounts of playoff right. experience. The Wolves are a different story. They're just they're young. The Wolves, they, yeah. If great. I'm the Wolves, I might have a different answer for you. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's at least something that I like. I have seen the Clippers lose games specifically in order to tank their position. We remember the Oklahoma City yes. game. I believe it was last season or the season before that. It, mm-hmm. it, they ended up losing on the final day to OKC. And I believe that actually ended up screwing up OKC's lottery odds or, or pick-offs <laughs> or something too. But but it, it they ended up losing that game in order to drop and then not face the Lakers. I think it was something along those lines. I think they wanted the Mavericks because they felt confident against right, the Mavericks. Right, they wanted the Mavericks. And Luka almost made them regret that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he did. I, I, I guess my thing is like, I we've seen it before. We've seen teams purposefully lose. And if I'm the Suns, I don't think I want to do that. I think I'm comfortable being like, hey, I have one of the best teams in the league. I'll take home court advantage as far as I can. But if you're the Clippers who are missing Paul George for probably the first round, if you're the Warriors who are still waiting on a to-be-decided Andrew Wiggins, by the way, Andrew Wiggins, apparently uh, Steve Kerr gave us an update saying he's, he's been working out at home, so maybe you know he does end up coming back. But... If I'm those teams that are kind of like waiting and lingering and, and trying to see who ends up coming back and if I can get healthy, I feel like I like myself in a Memphis or a Sacramento series versus mm-hmm. a Phoenix series. De- I, I definitely. I think so, especially if especially if you're the – I mean, the Clippers or the Warriors specifically because, yeah. Jesus, I mean, with the the injuries but also the the leadership – or excuse me, the, the experience, I think those two things right there – are huge are, are big enough to lead you to to try and prioritize that so i'm with you there i'm, I'm gonna be interested to see how that shakes out because oh, yeah. we for so long it's been like you need to win you need to make sure you're out of the play and you need to secure your spot no matter who you are at what tier um and now it's like well <laughs> there's only a few left so should we kind of you know i'll be interested it'll be it'll be interesting yeah uh, it'll it'll be interesting. We'll see what KD looks like tomorrow. That's going to be a great game. Uh, Kings also have a chance to clinch tomorrow as well. So we'll see. Although there there might be a chance they clinch tonight. I think I saw that, but no, no, no. Anyways, K- Kings are going to be clinching their first playoff berth in 16 seasons. Uh, either when you're listening to this or the day that <laughs> that you're listening to this. Um, but wanted to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, which are the team the Phoenix Suns will be playing. They have won four in a row. Carl Anthony Towns has been back. He looks pretty good. It actually looks better now with Gobert. They've been <laughs> mm-hmm. they've been using uh, these really really big lineups. Naz Reed sometimes plays with those two. Uh, they'll throw Kyle Anderson in there. They obviously have Jaden McDaniels and and uh, Anthony Edwards. So they have a lot of size across the board, and it's looked really really good. Uh, the Mike Conley addition has has been smooth. I think Mike Conley kind of he is who he is at this point. He's going to be able to give you what he gives you. Um, and they look good. They're sixth in the West now. And they have a chance, you know, we I, I mentioned them earlier, but they have a chance to potentially climb up to four depending on how hot they can get. Now, mm-hmm. if you look back at that Timberwolves Timberwolf season, this is the interesting part about this. <laughs> Remember when we were doom and gloom on the Minnesota Timberwolves? Oh, yeah. We're like, man, <laughs> what's going to happen? Maybe they have to address Carl Anthony Towns getting moved. Oh, my God, this Gobert experiment mm-hmm. doesn't work. And now all of a sudden they have a chance at being a four seed, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. 
It, I mean, it is crazy. And I didn't, not to interrupt you no, just no, no. real quick. It's crazy because we're talking about them getting hot and getting up to the fourth seed, but they could just as easily yeah. slip a couple and then, you know, be out or first round. Exit. Like, it's just, it's crazy the state of the West right now, which is why I think the conversation we had about the pressure cooker mm-hmm. environment that some of these teams are facing is going to be such a big factor in each individual playoff series, which I think also circles back to the conversation about kind of selecting your matchup if you can going up against teams that don't have experience. I think that all those factors are going to be huge, especially this year specifically. I mentioned the Phoenix game, which is happening tonight, uh, but they're also playing the Lakers on Friday and then they end up uh, three easy games. They have Portland, Brooklyn, and San Antonio, and then the final game of the season against New Orleans. So they're essentially playing three teams that they're jockeying with for play for, you know, positioning in the standings. And I, I think these next two games will probably determine where they end up landing. They, they win these next two games. Okay, there's maybe a shot they end up fourth or fifth. They lose or they split it, and you're looking at six, seven, eight. And yes, it is that that is going to determine this. You just mentioned how close the Western Conference is. It will be a matter of two games. I think the Hornets ended up losing tonight to the Thunder, right? Yeah. Just to confirm, yeah, the Hornets ended up losing tonight to the Thunder, and now no, they won. They won by three. They won by sorry. Three. The Hornets end up winning. My fault. I'm I'm, no, mis- good, I'm skipping on my words here. Yes, the Hornets ended up winning by three, and now your Mavericks have a chance. They're back. Oh in Lord, it. they're back <laughs> in it, ladies and gentlemen. They're back. Oh, Welcome back, it. Kyrie. Don't Luka. say it. I'm just I'm just saying it's it's an it's a wide open race. It's this wide thing open. is going to change every day. By the time you're probably listening to this, if you're listening to this on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday or a Friday instead of a Wednesday, this has already changed. So I I think it's it's insane. The Wolves have played great. I I really love the way that they've they've built that team, uh, and I still believe. I know I know we were all doom and gloom, but I had my preseason predictions, and let's see if they live it out. I would love for that <laughs> to happen. It. I would love for that to happen. Uh, LeBron also came back. And the Lakers didn't look as great. They lost to the Chicago Bulls. They play them again tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. Wow, we really got to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, overall, LeBron was all right. Um, he he scored 19. I think he, he got to his offense. I mean, LeBron is going to do what LeBron does. Uh, but in terms of how early he came back, I was pretty surprised. The, mm-hmm. the LeBron James of feet, did you see that? I did see that. That I have a lot of concerns <laughs> about that. And I'm not to discredit or discount the LeBron of feet, but getting multiple opinions and the majority of them are not good. And then all yeah. of a sudden, bam, we have this miracle fix. Mm-hmm. I have concerns about that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and he he did look like he was shaken off the rust uh, in, in that Chicago yeah. game. So. I don't know. I think the Lakers are positioned definitely to be a playing team. Uh, they just they look the part of it. Um, I have a video coming out about Austin Reeves. It's probably out by the time you listen to this, actually, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but but they look they look like they're in a good spot. Look, obviously they're playing Chicago and then Minnesota, and then the schedule gets a little bit easier for them. You got the the Rockets, the Jazz, the Clippers, the Suns, and then the Jazz again, which is. That's actually that that tail end right there is really tough. But depending on what Utah is doing at that point, maybe they end up bowing out like the Trailblazers did. So very interesting to see what happens with the Western Conference. We're going to be talking about that pretty much until the last day of the season. (laughs) Want to talk about your Mavericks a little bit before we we head out? 
how are you feeling? How 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 is the you know, you guys obviously beat the Pacers. I believe the Tyrese Halliburton list Pacers. The Raptors couldn't even do that, so don't worry about that. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel? How, how is is the confidence a little bit higher now that you have moved past the two losses to Charlotte? No, no, no. it's not. Um, I'm exhausted with this team. <laughs> um, God, as I as we were talking about Charlotte and OKC, I refreshed Tankathon because I keep it up at all times, <laughs> and they are now they now hold the twelfth pick, which obviously goes to New York, right. and I'm. I am just not ha- I'm not having it. I'm not having it because as much as maybe from the outside, as case. much as people outside may say the Mavericks cannot afford to miss the playoffs. Do you have any idea how bad that would be for Luca? I get that. I totally get that. But let's just keep it real. They're not doing anything in the playoffs. They're not. And I, no. yeah. I have tried to be optimistic with, man, Kyrie and Luca, like they work together. They like each other, which yes, they like each other, despite what that narrative that was put out there. They like each other. Yeah. Um, They just don't, they can't do it. They can't even rebound the basketball. And so I am over this season. They need to focus on the draft. They need to keep that draft pick because that is their one option. I have been going on Twitter going crazy about it if anybody hasn't Definitely seen it. Definitely is a good option. Yeah. You need to keep that draft pick because it completely open thing opens things up for you. They're not going to have Christian Wood next year. That would really floor me. Mm-hmm. Um and they might not even have Kyrie Irving. And so knowing that that is potentially in front of you and here you are fighting with the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder to get into the play-in is awful. That's awful. So in what world are you seriously considering trying to win as many games as you can in this final stretch when you could have potentially a top 10 pick in, like you mentioned earlier, potentially one of the greatest drafts in history? What are you doing? That's crazy. But at the same time, that is... That is what we've seen year in and year out with the Mavericks. And so I, I would be, I would be pretty surprised if they end up bowing out and they're like, ah, we'll, we'll try again next year. Okay, so I, you go, you I go would too. I was secretly hoping for that Pacer, not secretly. I was loudly <laughs> hoping for the Pacers. I was like second night of a back to back. Like Miles Turner is going to go off for like twenty and twenty, right. and then they sit both Miles and Tyrese, and I'm like, son of. No, 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 no. And then they win. And so now here we are. OKC loses. And so you're back in it. You're back. We're in back it. in it. We're, uh, we're back in it. And I know that they're probably over there thinking that, hey, we're in it. We have just as good of a shot as anybody. We're right there with the Lakers who think that they can contend for a championship. Why can't we? I know that that's what's going on. And well, I just, also, that... also, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that with the Timberwolves, but I'll mention it back. Look, that they are a couple game winning streak away from being like sixth or seventh, you know? Uh, oh, God, I'm, don't. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm it's just true. saying. It's, it's true. It's a point. It's true. You know, uh, to be fair, their schedule is is not the easiest. It's tough. They, yeah, they have Philly at Philly, uh, at Miami, at Atlanta. And then versus Sacramento versus Chicago versus San Antonio. So it, it's not the easiest of schedules. And look, they they lost twice to the Hornets. So who really knows what kind so of Mavericks, everybody's on the table, right? What, what kind of Mavericks team is going to be showing up on any given night. But to your point about tanking, I think the fact that Luca and Kyrie haven't been 100% over this last stretch as well 
kind of plays a factor to that. It's like, look, if your guys mm-hmm. are hurt, why not just kind of get them to be at 100 and then, you know, you get a, a an extra lottery pick out of that, that potentially top 10, you know, lottery right. pick out of it. So I, I, I agree from that point. And then if you look at it similar to the Blazers situation, honestly, is exactly. like, hey, hey, now you have Jaden Hardy and Josh Green and an extra lottery pick. And, oh, maybe we can package that and add to Kyrie and Luca. And, oh, maybe two picks, two swaps. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. And would you look at that? Maybe now you are you're a DeAndre Ayton, you know, or something like I don't know. I have just anything. Honestly, anything that is secure and that's solid because they don't have that right now, Mm -hmm. which is why which is what's blowing my mind, because getting a lottery, even just a lottery pick. Yeah. And, and granted, it would have to be top 10 for them to keep it for those who are not clear about the the pick uh, protection details there. Um, if they can keep a top 10 pick, it is a future investment. It is a current investment. It is it is it changes things so, so much. And so oh, yeah. on one hand, I'm like, OK, they've got a tough stretch of games here, which is why. And I tweeted this out. I expected them to win against the Pacers just because nothing ever goes my way. And I know that they're going to, I knew that they were going to win, but then I was like, okay, this game's against Sacramento and Philly, the ones that you mentioned, they're going up against tough teams. So they could very easily and probably most likely will drop those, especially since they're on the road. And then you've got Chicago, which is who they're right there with Chicago. And you've got San Antonio at the end of all of this. And granted, mm-hmm. obviously we know what we, everyone knows what San Antonio is doing, but those two games, Chicago specifically, you can lose that one. You can afford to lose that one. And for those, the, for the Mavs people here listening, this is all feeling very, this is all feeling very, what is it? Salah Mejri when he single-handedly won the game that broke Salah the tiebreaker Mejri. with, with oh Memphis God. and New Orleans that oh. ended up getting them Ja Morant and Zion Williamson. And where were we? Where were we, S? Where were we? <laughs> oh my God! It's all gonna happen again, and we I'm I'm losing it. Have arrived at Salamedry hours, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. You can have Malachi Flynn. I get Salamedry. We've arrived. Oh uh, my God! I did not know that was gonna get a mention on the podcast. That's crazy. Surprise! Wow, wonderful. Uh, to to your point about the Mavericks. I, I mean, like, look, you, you, you have a point. I just don't think they're going to do it. I really, I, I don't think they will either. I, don't, I, don't I really think, don't. Yeah. They did just no way. And like Luca, I, I, what is he going to sign up for? Like, is he down for that? Would he be willing to tank out the season? I I'm not sure. Question marks, dot, dot, dots, all of the above. Um, want to end off on a funner topic, more fun. Jesus. Uh, let's talk about the hall of fame. This is just a quick thing. Adrian Wojnarowski reported it. Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Becky Hammond, Greg Popovich. Those are the finals. They've, they're going to be inducted, elected, whatever you want to call it, into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, class of 2023. Can't think of a more stacked Hall of Fame class. That is an insanely stacked Hall of Fame class. As a person who grew mm-hmm. up watching 2000s basketball, watching these guys dominate, it's funny because Greg Popovich is still coaching. And he is about to be a Hall of Famer, which is just crazy to think about. Um, I mean, honestly, what more is there left to say? All those people are incredibly accomplished. They are like the creme de la creme of people that I think about when I think of like my early basketball days. 
Dwayne Wade, obviously probably not a, a fan favorite of yours. Uh, <laughs> no, not but, quite. But but he was he was a great I love Dwayne Wade. I also love Dirk Nowitzki though, and Dirk <laughs> is going to be in the Hall of Fame, which is probably great for you. They they had the statue this season, which was super, super dope to see. Pau Gasol, I mean, the the Lakers championships, the the back to back, the connection with Kobe. And then his own career, especially with, uh, you know, his national career as well with his time in Memphis. So I think that's amazing. Tony Parker, another guy. I mean, like the list is incredible. Um, anything to say on Hall of Fame stuff before we head out? It's always exciting. It is a loaded class. And and I'm glad you mentioned like the 2000s, like basketball in that era that we grew up on, because it, it really is like it's very fresh in my, br- my brain, the yeah. NBA live 2006 era um it's all on the cover by the way just saying i know gag anyway um but uh (laughs) but uh yeah i i 2000s basketball different era and so i i'm i love it i can't wait to celebrate it and i am fully expecting the mavs to change the narrative to we are here to celebrate dirk instead of focusing on what's happening happening (laughs) right here in front of you that is what i'm anticipating that's funny it's it's a good year for the the spurs too obviously with tony parker and greg popovich i uh i think one of my first ever like nba guys i tried to like replicate as much on the court was tony parker because i had a french class uh, and in L- we d- yes, in Canada, we do French, ladies and gentlemen, for the American people listening, for the American <laughs> people, you guys would do Spanish in these classes. So it's the same thing. Anyways, continuing forward with my educational lesson uh, with Tony Parker, I had to do a project. They're like, hey, pick any French person and do a project on them. And I remember in grade six, I got up or maybe whenever we started French, um, I got up and I'm doing this this uh, performance. I'm rapping his songs. If you guys don't know, oh my Tony, God. Parker, Tony Parker was a rapper. He dropped an album, French album, and I ended up performing one of his songs. An amazing. It was I love I love Tony. P. I love Tony I P. Love P because that. of it. I love Tony P. So. So, yeah, I mean, uh, even though the have you heard of the bottle scenario? He was throwing bottles, got the cut on the lacerations on his eyes. No. Eye. Oh, wait, wait. This, I, is, this way is ringing later. a bell. This is, way later. This is ringing yeah. a bit of a bell. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting basketball career, Tony Parker. A lot of these people have incredibly incredible uh, coaching and playing careers. I mean, it goes without saying. And, you know, me and Lauren over here gushing over early 2000s basketball to think about how much basketball has changed in that amount of time in our lifetime. You know, I was 10, Mm -hmm. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And now I'm 10 years older than that, 15 (laughs) years older than that. And the game has changed incredibly. It's like it's it's night and day. You, You can't compare the Phoenix Suns basketball that we saw in 0506 and 0607 or the Spurs basketball that we saw back then or even the Mavericks basketball that we saw back then to what we see today it's like it's it's completely different and uh i mean i am kind of excited to see what it looks like in 20 years because i mean yeah it's going to be crazy yeah i am going to feel old but whatever we'll go for it we'll see what happens <laughs> folks mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening to the Objective Basketball Podcast from Lauren and I. We appreciate you guys. Do the liking, the subscribing, the rating and on Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. We got a lot of good content coming to you throughout the end of this regular season. Award predictions, uh, more videos, cool playoff breakdowns, the whole nine yards, folks. It is 
NBA bonanza right now between the playoffs and everything else that's going to be coming. So we got you covered at the Objective Basketball Podcast. We will talk to you guys later. Lauren, adios. Follow hosts at Just S. Barahini on all socials and at the Lauren Gun on Twitter. The Objective Basketball Podcast. Delivering the NBA to you like no other.